What's up? This is Shasta Haddock of Epic BDC. I am the BDC director here um, and obviously part of Chicks in Charge Automotive Edition. This is... I am Jess and I am the national sales director here at SCP Agency and Epic BDC and we are so excited to get started with everybody. Um, we Today's episode is just going to be a little bit of a get to know us and an introduction and then we are super excited to announce our guest for next week's episode at the end of this one. Absolutely. Um, so we are obviously brand new to this, so we're going to try to make sure that we have comments popping up. Um, so if you are commenting along on Facebook and LinkedIn, we're going to try to make sure that we can see those and respond to you guys while you are watching. We hope that we invited enough of you guys so that you could watch along with us. Um, we know that we had a lot of excitement building up to this um, and a lot of people that were very interested to join along with us. This is something that was Long time coming. Our very first comment, Scott Trent. I love you. Oh, thank you, Scott. Hi. So uh, we know comments are working. So thank you, Scott. Um, and thank you. You we are amazing too. So um, awesome. So we know comments are working. So shoot us all the comments and we will respond to them as we see them. Yeah, we'll also do some QA here at the end. So if you guys have any questions for us, where we came from, where we started, how we got into the automotive industry, by all means pop them into the comments and we will be happy to answer those as we go. Absolutely. Hello, um, Isaac. Hi, Isaac. Isaac is uh, our implementation manager here at Epic BDC. He is uh, one of our killers. He's been with us about two years. Um, so hello, Isaac. And um, so we are very excited. So obviously, this is episode one. Um, we wanted to absolutely, as Jess said, make this an intro episode. Those of you who don't know us, we um, tried to share this out with a lot of people who don't know us, um, who don't... Um, you know, know where we come from or know what we do. And I don't want to make this all about um, if you know who we are, where we where we come from. I don't want to make this all about BDC, um, but obviously it is a big part of who we are, what we do every day. Um, so there will be some episodes that are focused on BDC. Um, and I think that this one today, we were talking about what we wanted to focus today's episode on. Um, and something that I'm very passionate about right now is uh, BDC, BDC processes. processes. Absolutely, man, we did that perfectly. <laughs> um, and and how easily you can either do it right or do it wrong. Um, and I think that it applies to the whole dealership, not the BDC, not just the BDC, um, fixed stops, parts. Um, having one thing fall out of process uh, can very quickly um, mess a lot of things up. It can, it can ruin customer service. It can ruin um, the customer journey as far as when they're shopping. Um, it can drop your... Uh, your lead to sold numbers, especially in the BDC. So um, something that I've been working on, especially this past week that I've been back, week, week and a half now, um, I just came back from a BDC bootcamp down in Belize where I was training an offsite BDC, um, is rebuilding processes in the CRM. Um, and every CRM has a different name for it, whether it's automated follow-up in Promax, a process in VIN Solutions, um, Cadence and E-Lead, whatever you call it, um, in your BDC, it is the tasks that are generated to know when to call, text, email the customers after they come in as an internet lead, phone lead, showroom follow-up, anything like that. Shasta, tell me, like, what is your number one process in our BDC that you could not live without? Ooh. And mind you, we, we manage multiple dealerships all at once. So we're managing multiple BDCs where most BDMs only have that one BDC. Sometimes it's a centralized location where they'll have a couple of um, sister stores in the group. Um, but primarily, you'll see a BDM with one store. And so 
we are constantly managing multiple stores at one time. So go ahead, Chester. So, so to clarify, do you mean like myself as far as a virtual BDC manager managing all of these stores, or if I were to focus on one store, what's most important? For if you were store? to focus on one store, okay. what is your, what is your favorite um, process that you can't live without? Making sure that we have calls, text, emails, um, built into the CRM. Um, and I made a post about this on Facebook last night. If you're friends with me on Facebook, you probably saw this. I don't know. I posted it around midnight last night. So that's how late I was working. Um, that um, for a while I took away um, templated text and emails away from my team. And it's because um, there is a way to do it incorrectly. Um, I don't, I don't like templates um, for a few reasons. Um, I've seen so many of them be done incorrectly. Um, as far as some of the ones that the CRMs automatically come with, we've, we've all seen them. The, hey, customer, uh, thank you for shopping with dealership name. Um, we're so excited that you chose to shop. I mean, they're just, they're bland. Um, and sometimes the, the vehicle um, doesn't even populate incorrectly, like the merge code doesn't match. The... Um, Fonts don't even match. I mean, they're awful. And then the BDRs get going so fast that they don't think to stop and check. And then they um, they send the email. And then this customer gets an email that says, hey, cu hey customer, thanks for your interest in blank. Um, tell me more about your blank that's supposed to be trade. And um, it's just a whole mess. And so templates were getting so messed up. Um, so I, I took away templates um, personally. And um, we introduced, um, as everybody's heard of, we, and we introduced OpenAI, ChatGPT. Chat wow. GPT. Chat, first <laughs> first um, verbal screw up of the podcast. We introduced ChatGPT, um, more so the OpenAI playground version of ChatGPT for the BDC. Um, and what we used it for um, was um, help me construct an email to a customer who's interested in a Ford F-150 and is probably trading in their, uh, you know, Ford Escape looking to upgrade to a truck. Um, they were shopping on Trade Pending or they were shopping on Auto Trader. Mention where they came from, where they were shopping so that we can get this email as personal as possible. Um, sign it, you know, uh, Shasta Haddock from ABC Motors. So we're going to throw all of that together into OpenAI. We're going to reread it to make sure A, the email makes sense, B, that it is personalized, and C, that it addressed all of the things that we wanted it to address. Um, and, and this this went well for a while. Yeah, absolutely. And rereading that what the AI sends back to you is so important. You cannot have your agents or your reps just go ahead and copy and paste whatever it says. I'll give you guys an example from what was it last week? We we had an email that said an email template said was offering drive, driving lessons for the dealership. And it's so, so important to make sure that your agents or yourself um, you guys are double checking every single thing that the AI says. It'll do most of the work for you. You have to proofread. Absolutely, because it took it somehow took test drive and turned it into driving lesson. Yep. Um, so that went well for a while, um, and then even still, um, burnout. Mm -hmm. Burnout in BDC is unreal. Um, and until you've done this job and done it for longer than a minute. Um, you don't understand it because listening to that phone ring all day long, because if you're making 20 to 25 calls in an hour and you're only connecting with one to two people, that's 23 to 25 rings that you're just ringing for 20 to 30 seconds. 
So that's a lot of rings back and back and back and back all day long um, for eight hours a day, sometimes longer. We have agents that work 12 hour shifts six days a week. So that's a lot of ringing. So that burnout and trying to get creative every single time I've, I have um, pretty, I don't know that I want to say strict. Um, I have pretty solid measures on how often I want um, customers texted and emailed. Um, yes, Grammarly on steroids. I absolutely, we, we definitely use Grammarly around here. Um, so absolutely. Um, the sending the, the texts and emails, I have them send um, no less than 10 emails an hour and 20 texts an hour. But um, what I came to realize when I couldn't get them to hit those metrics, they were they were hitting the dials because those they could control, mm -hmm. but then they weren't hitting the texts and emails. And I'm like, guys, why aren't we doing this? Guys, why aren't we doing this? And I would hammer them every day about it. And I would go and sit behind them. And while I would sit behind them, they would force it out of themselves and then they wouldn't hit their dials. And then the second I would walk away, they would hit their dials again, but not their texts and emails. So I had to dive into the root of the problem and why are we, why are we not doing this? And um, I realized when I was sitting with them, they were struggling to come up with the creative responses every time and the, um, the fresh um fresh take yeah the fresh take every time and let's be different this time um mm -hmm. if they have to think about it every single time and how do i readdress this customer that's different than the one i just did five seconds ago mm -hmm. what do i do differently um and it puts them into decision overload like when we do it to our customers by asking when do you want to come in which is why we don't ask them when do you want to come in we ask them how close to right now can you be here or today or tomorrow we only give them two options. We don't put them into decision overload. Nope. So um, I had to take that back away from the team. So I started building out those texts and emails into the work plan. Um, I spent literally until midnight last night rebuilding my own templates um, that I didn't take from the CRM. Um, I didn't take from anybody else. I built them myself because I want them to be um, built for engagement. I want the customer to respond. Um, Absolutely. I don't want to just send it to send it. I want to send it so that we can... Um, a, be different than other dealers. I want them, if they're shopping with four to five dealers at the same time, I don't want to be sending the same thing that, you know, the three to four other dealers are sending. Right. Um, What's going to set you apart. Yeah. Um, and I want to be the one that's getting the engagement. So I think that um, our years of social media, um, absolutely, you know, posting and stuff like that, um, and it always being designed to get the engagement, I feel like that really um, helped me in really working to build those templates out. So um, I think that is so, so, so important. So that was a really long answer to that question. But <laughs> if I have to pick one absolute most important part of the process, it is making sure that you have the, the calls, texts, and emails bounced out properly and that they are 100% going out when they're supposed to. And that there's somebody there answering when the customers respond. Yes. Because if I if I have these beautifully worded texts and emails going out and the customers are responding like they have been and nobody's there to answer them, what's the point? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. I like that answer. Thanks. <laughs> It was very long. <laughs> well, I want to take just a second. Um, we have had several very special people to us that have helped us get this podcast up and running. Um, it has taken endless phone calls, endless text messages. Hey, what are we doing wrong? Hey, help us with this. So a, a couple of those people I'll name off is Fred Lenartz and Lou Ramirez have yes. been absolute lifesavers in helping us get this up and running. And we are so thankful to them. They actually are the ones that really inspired us to get this going to begin with at um, NADA. And we just kind of jumped in head first and said, let's do the thing. I don't know that we even had a full idea of it until 
Fred said something. We didn't. Like, no, no, not at all. I think I that. Yeah, I think he's the one that that said you should do a podcast. Like, I'm trying to think if there was a thought before then. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it was just a comment that was made in passing, and we're like, hey, let's do it. We're gonna yeah. do the thing, and so we did, and we're super excited to be here. So Fred and Lou, thank you guys so much for your yes, help. Endless, thank you. Yes, and a couple of other people that I wanted to point out to is Brooke Furnace. She has been amazing at helping us find vendors for swag and for music and whatever we could think of that we needed help with. Brooke has been there and she has answered our phone calls and she has answered our endless questions um, no matter the time of day. So we really appreciate you, Brooke. If you are here and you're watching us, thank you so much for all of your help. And another one as well is Kaylee Filio. Mm -hmm. um, she as well really helped us get up and running. She helped us get started, helped us figure out what software we needed, what worked, what didn't work. You guys are amazing. Our tribe in the automotive industry has been phenomenal to us and we cannot thank you guys enough. And the dozens of people who have been sharing our posts, um, excited with us. I know I see Wendy in the comments and Wendy has been sharing our posts like crazy. Um, like Robin said in the comments, Mike Wooden came yesterday and literally helped set up all of our sound for us. Um, yep. has lent us microphones and done all of the things that we had zero idea how to do. So absolutely, um, we absolutely couldn't have done this without the help of some amazing friends. So. And let's not forget Robin herself. Yes. Who she designed our entire backdrop. If you guys can see it back there, she did an amazing job. She put absolutely. it all together. She got it ordered for us. Most of the equipment was hers. Yeah, almost all of the equipment has been hers. She's helped us get set up today. She spent endless hours helping us brainstorm and collaborate on how we were going to get this up and running and aside from her and all of the amazing people that we have, Wendy Reeves, your support has been so appreciated. Scott Trainer, you as well. You guys have been amazing support. Um, we can't thank you guys enough. Yes, absolutely. And of course, Bev and Robin, as our boss is letting us, you know, um, spend a lot of company time <laughs> doing yeah. this. Yeah. Obviously, you know, it's it's for the business and um, helping spread the amazing word of of uh, what's going on in the automotive industry and and what we as young women and other young women in the industry are here to do. Um, but, you know, we know it takes away from company time and that's probably my biggest um, heartache is having to step away from my desk for, for longer than 10 minutes to stop what I'm doing and come do a thing that's, you know, actually for me, for us um, and not just focused on the dealers is probably my, my biggest, um, if I'm not doing something for the dealers, it kind of breaks my own heart. So I know, I know it's hard for me. Right. Right. So, so if you guys have any interest in being on the podcast yes. on, for future episodes, please either comment here in the comments that we can reach out to you or reach out to us personally, send us a Facebook message, text us. If you have our phone numbers, um, we are more than happy to schedule a time for you guys to come on the show. We are super yes. excited. We want all the guests that we can get and we're ready. We're ready to, kick this thing in the ass absolutely we said so, ass i think that was the first time we cussed probably did i cuss no oh i usually do I'm kind of normally sad. you're dropping f-bombs oh <laughs> so robin wants to know what do you do at scp mm, that's a good question i handle all sales and onboarding so if you need social media help or BDC help, you call me and I will get you all set up. I'll give you all the information that you need and then I'll get you onboarded and ready to go so that you guys are set for lead generation and also lead handling. What, is, what, all, what all does SCP do? I know that we talk about Epic BDC a lot and a lot of our friends who join us here probably knows that we do outsource BDC, but um, it's probably been a while since a lot of uh, people have heard us talk about SCP. So what is... Um, what does SCP do? 
So I think SCP is really cool in the industry because there's a lot of companies that do social media and they'll post for you and they do a great job. Um, however, it's really hard for companies to mass produce customized content. And so what we do is we just take it up a level and we create more of a boutique style social media engagement um, posting for dealerships and also lead generation. So part of it is organic and we also offered the paid, the paid version of it um, for Facebook ads, but the organic portion is 100% tailored to your store. It is customized posts that is tailored to, to give me a dealership name. Uh, Robert Kia. Uh, tailored to Roper Kia, not Kia, not the OEM Kia, but to Roper. What is their culture like? Who are they? Who? How is it ran? How do they treat their customers? Um, that's really what we focus on, on our organic social media side of things. And then we also have our Facebook elite response team, which sits inside Facebook Messenger all day. They um, help you respond to your customers in Facebook Messenger. They work those leads down the sales funnel. They build that trust and rapport. They set appointments for you. And on top of that, they're also responding to your comments. So we, we really live by the three E's, educate, engage, and entertain. And so we're educating our customers about what we do, who we are as a company. We're entertaining them online, where they're at already on social media. And we are educate, entertain, and we are engaging with them as well. Yep. <laughs> We're engaging with them as well on a, on a dealership level. Essentially, we like to say we are the voice of your dealership. Absolutely. What is, uh, what would you say? And I know what my answer to this would be, but what would you say is the number one thing that dealerships get wrong on social media? Oh my gosh. Um, I truly believe that dealerships focus a lot on posting sold photos and inventory photos, and they forget that not all of your followers are car people. They might be in the market to buy a car for a day or for a week or for a month. They're not going to be later on. And it's all about how you can keep that top of mind awareness and engage with your followers, engage with your community where they're at. And that might mean making a post saying, what's your favorite Girl Scout cookie or iPhone or Android. It has nothing to do with cars or the automotive industry, but most of your followers aren't in the automotive industry. Yeah. So once, average once they, people. yeah, once they buy a car with you, why would they continue to follow follow you if all you're posting is inventory and sold photos? Absolutely. If all you're working to do is is uh, convert them as a car buyer. Absolutely. I mean, do you want to watch an all day long commercial? I sure don't. I don't either. Not I mean, at all. I, I wouldn't follow that page. I think a lot of times social media becomes more transactional, and when really it should be. Um, family and friends and people that you're really trying to get to know better and be a community. Absolutely. Yeah. One of my favorite things that I see on social media, um, especially from dealerships, is when they go out and engage with the community, when um, one of the favorite things, so I, we use Roper Kia, it's, it's um, a dealership that, um, the dealership I was raised in an automotive. Um, so it's here in Joplin and uh, a lot of our friends work there. It's where um, I worked out for years, literally my husband and I met there. Like that's how, that's how um, near and dear that dealership is to our hearts. So um, we use that dealership a lot and they are very, very community oriented. Um, and so every fifth Friday, if there is a fifth Friday in the month, they go and volunteer at our local homeless shelter and make them breakfast at it's amazing. Like 5 30, 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, when Robin and I worked there, we would go there on um, Friday mornings and go there as well. Um, take pictures and they they're it's funny because they're so servant oriented that they're they're almost awkward about the taking of the pictures they're like why do we why do we need to tell people like the servant's heart doesn't need to like tell people and it says 
um, we tell them if if people see you doing it, they will do it as well. It's not about look at us and how amazing we are. It's, um, it's about know, being a leader in the community. Yes. Yeah, you guys are a leader. People are looking up to you. And if they see you doing it, they too will do it. Absolutely. And so it's um, it's the example that you can set for the others. If you have a, a Facebook page with a following of 13,000 people, those are 13,000 people that when they see that, you can impact their day positively instead of some political garbage Facebook post that they would have seen instead. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times people or dealerships in general, they don't realize how blind, how quickly people go blind to the same thing. So whenever you're running an ad for oh, for six months on end oh, um, or even longer or even longer. And so, I mean, I've seen ads up as long as three, four or five years that have been running nonstop and the dealerships don't even know their ads are running. It's a, it's an old special. It's an old it's an old vehicle that's not on the lot. It hasn't been on the lot for five years and they're still putting money behind it and they don't even know. Um I think that they don't realize that it only takes a couple of times before your eyes stop seeing the exact same thing. It's really, really important to change your ads up every month. Hi, Rory. Hi, Colby. <gasps> Colby! Oh, I was wondering if you'd stop, and I haven't seen you on social lately. Hi, friend. Yes, and so it's so it's funny. Sorry, I had a thought, and then I saw Colby and got distracted. ADD. Um, I had a thought, as you said, that there um, is a dealership locally who does that. And um, I see their posts all the time. And I don't yes. think of it until somebody brings it up. And it's the same oil change post all the time or a detail post or something. And it never changes. It doesn't. I know exactly it's, what you're talking it's about. It's the same freaking post all the time. And I'm like, oh, my God, are you guys going to change that up? Like, why are you running the same post? all the time? At least change the freaking graphic. That's the easiest thing you can change. If you've ever run Facebook ads, Literally, you didn't look hard enough. Maybe, maybe my algorithm just isn't feeding you to me. I don't know. <laughs> so I think that um, I think if you're honestly just too lazy to go in and change something as simple as a graphic, then um, you know it just goes to show that maybe you're either not in the right business or you're getting too complacent with your work. Well, and I don't want to get too far into this topic, but something else that just popped in my mind too is I had a conversation with a dealer probably a couple months ago now. And he said, you know, I think I'm just going to hire somebody in house. I can just hire somebody, you know, to do social media and post for me every once in a while. And I said, Mr. Dealer, I respect that. And if that's what you choose to do, by all means, go for it. But please make sure that the person that you, you hire, you bring on actually knows what, what to post and how to use social media for your benefit. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're wasting your money no matter what. Well, and it, you can very quickly, and it's funny, as I mentioned that about um, Colby, you can very, very quickly mess up your Facebook algorithm. Mm -hmm. um, and you can very, very quickly um, lose your Facebook audience as a page. So when you have um, a business page, we're, we're going to school right now, apparently. We're going, <laughs> going to church and school at the same time. So when you have a Facebook business page, you can very quickly lose that audience. The second that your, your audience stops um, engaging with you on a consistent basis, Facebook says, mm, these people are interested in these posts. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to, we're not going to serve it up to them as much anymore. We're only going to show it to them twice a week. And then the two times a week that they do serve it up to them, they're still not engaging. Eh, we're only going to serve it up to them once a week. And then after a while, your 13,000, 15,000 followers are seeing your posts one to two times a month. Mm -hmm. If that, if that, mm -hmm. because so, Facebook stops, eventually stops pushing your posts out at all. Yeah. Imagine there's only so much um, land is the only way that I can describe it. Um, there's only so much land in Facebook world. So imagine as you're scrolling through your newsfeed, there's only so much newsfeed. Um, 
for the people who have the maxed out 5,000 Facebook friends, mm -hmm. plus all of the pages you follow. There's only so many rooms for so much room for news feeds. Ooh, Derek has a good question. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I'll get to you, get to that in a second. Um, there's only so much room for news feeds. Um, and there is, um, only so many room for ads. So I believe that if you're, sorry, I'm like my, the back of my brain is now also running on that question. So like <laughs> I've like completely lost my train of thought now. Um, so if, if there's only so much room, Facebook is only going to serve the posts up that are getting the most engagement from the pages that are getting the most engagement. If that makes sense. Absolutely. I hope that makes sense. Let's spend the last five minutes of this. Let's start answering a few questions. I know Derek has one right here that we'll go ahead and get to. If anybody else has any questions, go ahead and pop them in the comments and we will get to as many as we can in the next few minutes. So on Derek's question, Derek asks, pages are pay to play. What do y'all think of TikTok ads for dealerships? Um, so I always try to think of myself as a consumer um, and that I'm always taking in content and taking in um, how I receive ads. Um, and I, at the same time, I also don't want to speak for an entire um, population. Um, I recently, as of, I don't know, probably two or three months ago, have completely deleted the TikTok app. Um, I did too. Uh, because I was spending too much time on there mindlessly scrolling. However, when I would get an ad on there, I would not even pay attention to the ads. I would immediately scroll past it because you could immediately tell when you were getting an ad. The, yep. the format was different, everything like that. Because I would escape Facebook and all of its ads to go to TikTok to be mindlessly entertained. Consumed and yeah, that was my sole purpose of going to TikTok was just for entertainment. So I didn't have any, if I could have paid for TikTok to be ad-free, I would have. That was how much I wanted TikTok to be ad-free. So um, personally, um, even as a consumer of ads and somebody who will slow down on an ad um, on Facebook to see how it was constructed, how I feel I got targeted on that ad. Um, I completely feel like um, TikTok's not the place for them. That does not mean they will be completely useless. That is just my personal opinion. Well, and I think that Robin has a good point. And I mean, we're streaming live on TikTok right now, but I agree with Robin, I think, and I agree with you too, Shasta. I think that whenever I'm on TikTok, the second I feel like there is an ad or I see an ad. I don't even, my brain doesn't even register what the ad is talking about. It's just scroll right past it. And Robin said too, with the volatility of where TikTok's future lies, I would, you know, I would be careful. And I don't disagree with that either. I mean, I 100% agree with her on that. There's a lot of times that people have said that about Facebook too, that, that Facebook future was, was volatile as well. Um, and TikTok's future has been said to be, you know, uh, volatile a couple of times as well. So I don't, I don't know um, that that would be the, the kind of thing that I would use to say that. Um, I think that our generation that is hugely impacted by ads, I think that that is what we use TikTok for is entertainment and even um, education. I know a lot of people go there and use it Absolutely. almost as a search engine, recipes and um, how to change the oil on my car. Like, now that they've gotten up to the 10 minute long videos, um, I've heard so many people using them for the educational type of videos. Mm -hmm. um, but the algorithm is so completely unreliable on TikTok and so hard to control that um, you're almost better off trying to go organic, I feel, I, than, I agree. than trying to go paid on TikTok and, um, you know, hope for virility. I definitely think that TikTok has its time and place. Vir virality. I know I said that wrong. You did. 
but I don't even know what virility means. And now I feel like that's going to definitely come back to bite me. Someone <laughs> is going to bite me on that one. Uh, no, I, I definitely agree. I think that TikTok has its time and place. I don't know that I um, am all for the paid version. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I'm telling you, if um, if when I used TikTok, if I could have paid for a an ad-free version, I would have. Um, but again, I've, I've been off of TikTok for about three months now and um, no regrets. I don't even... I honestly don't even partake in the Facebook reels. Um, they honestly just take up too much time for people like us. We're too freaking busy. Yeah. Um, I, I'm barely sleeping four hours a night as it is right now. Um, I mean, I work too much. My brain doesn't stop. I don't have time for it. So, and I know our consumers and our shoppers aren't us. Um, so it's so hard to gauge that off of people like us, but um, that's just myself personally. So um, it's hard to be a consumer of something that you're, no longer using, but I agree. When I was using it, I could tell you that I would literally scroll right past the ads because I was there for entertainment only. Same. All right. Well, I think that it is about time to wrap up our very first episode. Um, we really appreciate everybody coming here and showing your support. We will be back next week with our special guest, Laura Berman. And we are so excited to have her on the show with us. She's actually going to be here in person to visit us. So she will be in studio with us next week. Yes. So tune in for that. We will get an event up ready to go ASAP. We will be everybody. a different day next week, though. We don't have an exact day yet, but we will not be on Tuesday. Yes, we are going to accommodate Laura's schedule. So she will be here Thursday through Saturday, I believe. And um, we will get we will get an event sent out as soon as possible. And hopefully by the end of this week, we will have this episode up um, live on all of the podcast sites. Yay! So as soon as that happens, we will obviously post on social and let all of you guys know. Absolutely. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We really appreciate you. Thank you guys so much. And uh, happy first episode. Yay!